Welcome to Dragon Talk. Hey! This is the official Dungeons and Dragons podcast. That's Shelly over there saying hi. Yay. Hey, yay! I'm Greg Tito. Yay, Greg Tito! And we have a wonderful interview and show yeah, for you do. today. We really do. Very excited about this. We talked to V.J. Harris, a uh, professional dungeon master, as well as a TTRPG designer um, from a little supplement called An Orc and an Elf Have a Little Baby. Or and Elf others. and an Orc Have a Little Baby. Also, among others, but that is probably the one that we'll spend the most time chatting about because it's awesome. It's so fun. I really love cool. this idea of mixing up your uh, heritage and ancestry with your upbringing. Some fun stuff there, and we'll we'll delve all into it when we talk to VJ. Yeah, very cool. Excellent. Uh, we will also be delving into some heists very soon, right, Shelley? Uh, yes, very much. We're going to find some object d'art. That's how they say it in France. Right, right. Um, are you talking about our upcoming game next month, or are you talking about general? Well, both, really. Yeah. I kind of want to read ahead, but I can't. No, now you can't, yeah. You don't want to get some spoilers. We're going to be I do, participating though. in a <laughs> game at the Get Lit Festival uh, in Spokane, Washington. Uh, and Justice Harmon is going to be our dungeon master. So exciting. I know. It's going to be really cool. I, um, yeah, I've been just, you know, toying around like, more with the type of character that I want to be. Yeah. It's so different than my usual, but but not. Let's go, let's go roguey. We're going to go. Uh, We're going roguey. You're going to be a, um, uh, uh arcane trickster, right? Yes. I feel like yeah. that that will satisfy my itch to still be a little magical. Yeah. And then you can pick all those like more utility spells that are going to be very useful, I think, during a heist. Like knock or jump or, uh, you know, the ones that... Uh, uh, a carnation, carnation yeah. spraying water out of when you bend down to smell it. Is that one of mine? <laughs> That's a clown. It's a trickster. Oh, that- I see. You're going on the, pulling, uh, the penny pulling, pulling handkerchiefs out of my sleeves. <laughs> Your definition of an arcane trickster is, that, is very different than mine. <laughs> I haven't really read up on it. Am I wrong? Am I off here? <laughs> Do they have a buzzer on their hands that when you shake their hand, it goes, Hello, Bzz. Mr. Guard, shake my hand. Ah, nice to meet you. <laughs> oh, my God. That you know actually would be a, a good decoy. That would be really fun. I think that would be great. I actually might. I think I might lean into this, like just be like, my character didn't really understand what they were getting themselves into. Right? It's like they are a trickster. Some of the fun of Joker stuff, right? Where it's like, it is those kind of clowny things, but it can also be lethal, right? If you're like, oh yeah, I'll spray water on you, but it's acid. Oh, out of my oh, flower. Yes, sir. And then my little string of endless handkerchiefs, you could need those as, or use those as like a rope. When you're oh trying gosh. to rappel down uh, yeah. the side how of is, a... Come on. How is that any different than a rope trick spell, right? It's really not. So I'm just going to have it built into my sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> my, your character's going to spend the entire time... And it's not a spell. It's actually just a tailoring-like thing. Yeah. You're like, I need to find a tailor who can put 
handkerchiefs tied together into a string so that I can get off this balcony. You guys are going to be surprised that because we're probably going to use my handkerchiefs. I bet we do. <laughs> I'm going to have like a the little wand and then poof, it turns into a bouquet of flowers. But the flowers have like razor blades in <gasps> them. So when you bend down to sniff them, chop, chop. Chop, 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 chop. chop, chop. Bye-bye, Mr. Nose. Bye bye. Oh, got your nose in little <laughs> tiny pieces. <laughs> you are a terrifying arcane trickster. I am obsessed with this character. Now I can't wait. Nice. Well, oh. I think you'll be able to build it no problem uh, in in D and D Beyond, but also uh, maybe using some of these uh, fun ways of building characters in it. I know. I think I'm going to be inspired. I love it. Well, I uh, can't wait to get more into the heist for that. I'm not, as you said, I'm not kind of like reading ahead because uh, I want to be able to be a player in a lot of these heists coming forward because I think that's that's my jam. Yeah, I know. Are you not itching to maybe try DMing one of these? Because there's a lot of fun things for the Dungeon Master to do as well. Mm. And for, if we haven't mentioned it, we're, we're talking about Keys from the Golden Vault, a book that just released. We're yes. just like, oh, heist, 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 heist. But uh, you, you all probably knew that if you're listening to this podcast. But you don't want to... I do, I do. But I actually, I haven't been a player in so long that I'm actually really excited yeah. to, to not read ahead on this one. Because I want to be like, oh, I want to be able to be a little bit more uh, surprised and delighted when someone runs these as a one shot for me. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you know, as a, as that person who goes back and forth, sometimes I have to, you know, choose the source material that I want to spoil for myself. No, of course you do. Of course, yeah. And it must be nice to to anticipate being a player and just not having the DM pressure. <laughs> I love how the tables have turned. You're now the DM and, and I'm the player. I and I know and I'm like I have to I have to prep. I have to and that's kind of, you know, giving me some anxiety cuz Right? Um I don't I so I couldn't go last to the last session cuz Quinn was sick. It was like oh, a last no. minute thing and Bart was out of town. So we had one of the kids stepped up and no was way. he he was the dungeon master. Was it the and little Jeremy Crawford? It was the little Jeremy Crawford. <laughs> and he, of course, and the two uh, volunteer dads, they were like, oh my God, like he crushed it and Bart needs to watch out because like he wants the job. He's coming. <laughs> like, He's going to run that club. They said like he was like oddly prepared and uh, like he kept everyone in line because you know, like that's, that's hard when you're With nine your peers? and you're yeah. like trying to control a table of nine-year-olds and he was like, they... He commanded their attention. He, like, had, like, cool stuff up his sleeve. He, like, had a great command of the rules. So wow. it's pretty awesome. It's pretty cool to see. But, yeah, he, a, he took over. A burgeoning Eddie uh, in the Hellfire Club here. Oh, oh my God. I'm going to so get him great. a T-shirt. And to think he probably might not have had that opportunity, Shelly, if you hadn't been there starting this club. Oh, my God. I just am... It's so cool. It's just so cool to see them like show up every yeah. week. Like they're yeah. actually like, and they they know their routine. Like they get their folders and they pull out their character sheets and they like pull out their minis and their dice. And they, I'm like, I don't really know what happened because you know memory. Don't I really don't know what happened there? <laughs> and then they're like, oh, we did this and we did that and this is what happened and blah 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 blah. I'm like they're so cute. Like they they remember. They it stayed attention. with them. Oh, that's great. I know, because they, they can be a tough read. Like, they're not, 
because they're like nine and 10. They're not going to be like, thank you, Shelly, that I would like recognize that you probably put a lot of work into this hour yeah. and a half session. Like they don't, they're, but they just kind of leave and then go off with their parents. And you're like, I hope, hope you liked it. Hope that that was cool. But they did. Cause then the parents sometimes tell me afterwards, oh, yeah, look, that's all they talk about all weekend is their session. So oh, I love that. I know it's very special. You're changing minds. You're growing new D and D players. As growing we speak. new dungeon masters. New dungeon masters. That's true. That's true. Yep. Uh, well, speaking of uh, inspiring and growing and changing and morphing into e- an even better individual, uh, I think we should talk to VJ Harris about all the work that they're doing and making things happen. Let's go. Let's go. Let's welcome VJ Harris to Dragon Talk. Hey! Yay, VJ! <laughs> <laughs> I love you! Oh my gosh, huge. So my, this is like VJ's family is here in our studio audience. <laughs> Don't forget to call your mother, VJ. <laughs> well, we do want to say a special hello to your family and friends that are probably listening. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, if they're, not, if they're not listening, I'll know and we'll just have a fight about it later. It's okay. Fine. That's there valid. we go. That's valid. Well, av- avoid the fight and let's 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 assume they're listening. But anyway, <laughs> we're so glad to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Super excited to be here. <laughs> yeah. And you you're a, a a TTRPG designer, professional DM, making lots of wonderful content out there, but it's always a really good way to start. Like when did you begin playing yes. D&D? Like what was your your origin story? Yeah. So, uh, first off, I'm, I'm a fifth edition baby. I, uh, I got into <laughs> it. Um, so I, I went to school in Alabama and we had this like program called the, um, new college program and it let us do like interdisciplinary studies. So like I got a degree in creative writing with a focus in African-American and queer right. studies, but the only way I could do that is by combining a bunch of different majors together. Mm-hmm. And so we have to do like Old senior- style. Yeah, exactly. We have to do like senior projects at the end of the year. And there was somebody who was in the new college with me that was like, uh, was we have like a lounge in our own building that we could get into. And someone was like, hey, I need somebody to help me test out this game. I was like, yeah, sure. I'm not doing anything. Let's do it. And it was Dungeons and Dragons. It was an adventure. Um, I think it was supposed to be like, you know what? I'm not even going to try and remember what the exact like interdisciplinary project part of it was. But all I remember is that I, they asked me to play. They gave me a character sheet. They gave me like some quick little rundown on how to play. There were like deadly barrel of monkeys monsters or something they made. And I just nice. fell in love with it, but I didn't know how to keep playing it. And then, um, and that was in, in 2014. So then in 2015, like, um, my roommate was just like, hey, I'm going to go to Adventures League to play Dungeons and Dragons. You want to come? And I guess the rest is history there like we went there we played for a little bit we met a couple of people like a month into it and then we we were still going to adventures league um but then we started playing on the weekends with just us as well and it just kind of go like took off from there. there yeah pretty yeah. much yeah Awesome. That's great. That's always good yeah. to hear because, we, you know, that's was the player journey I think a lot of us were thinking of at that time in 2015 was like, oh, Adventures League, you'll get people, you'll meet folks and then uh, uh, get into it. And that was really at the advent when video and podcasts were, you know, like ours, just kind of getting started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now it feels like that's uh, a, a, an antiquated way to get into the game at this point is, <laughs> is, is meeting people in person in meet space. <laughs> 
Yeah, pretty <laughs> yeah, much. Right? <laughs> so, so when you went to that adventurer's game, did they hand you a character or did you have one created? Um, so my friend Isaac had already been before. And so it was like, they could give you a premium one or you could make it. And so I was like, no, 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 let me make it. I want to make it. So I, yeah. I like remember this character to this day. Half wow. orc, cleric, was afraid of undead because watched like a father figure who um, like get killed by some like uh, skeletons that turned up, dedicated uh, her life to being a cleric, to deal with that fear and to deal with undead. And I like... I can't remember what adventure we were playing in, in 2015, but I know that the last time I went and played her, she wasn't dead. And so now I like to just think like she survived the adventure. She yeah. like retired and is like kind of like a cleric healer therapist for like adventurers that have trauma around <laughs> yes. things. Yes. Um, can't remember her name, but remember all the other parts. That is so funny. <laughs> I My first D&D character, I, I was just so happy she didn't die. That, But I, I retired her too. And I just... In my head, I'm like, I think she's back in the city of Sharn and she teaches at like a magical university. Like that's, she's got tenure now. So she's, she's great. Tenured. She's <laughs> great. Okay. She's doing great. But like hearing just that description of your character makes me feel like the one of your probably, maybe, I don't know if the, one of the projects you're most known for, an elf and an orc had a little baby. Was this like the seeds of that? Um, Because um, it's kind of a... A, cler- a cleric afraid of the undead or it just yeah. feels like a little. So- I, it would be really cool if I could say, yes, that's totally what that was, but it wasn't. <laughs> 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 I, while like myself and my like co-writer Adam might be best known for that. I, Adam invited me onto the project originally. Um, so oh, okay. the, yeah, it wasn't even like my initial brainchild, what we did. It was just like, Oh, Adam, Adam saw me talking about like race in D and D and stuff on Twitter, and was just like, "Hey, you wanna you wanna come join?" And I'd had a product out by that time, um, and then we just kind of took off from there. Although I, I people, <laughs> I think people often think that there was like whenever I tell the story to the people, they also think about that as like, "Oh, did you like?" And I was like, "Nope, I wasn't even the the you know brainchild of this project. Um, I got invited on, and then we we turned it into like our own little thing." Nice. I think I skipped ahead a little bit in your player journey. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, interesting. I wonder if this character had informed any of that. But um, let's just say like, the universe, humans. yes, the manifested, like was yeah. already laying out the seeds to bring you two together. I can believe that. Yes. <laughs> it was the secret, right? You were just putting it out there. Putting it out there. <laughs> and it happened. Uh, but let's talk about that book because I love that this idea of of elf and an orc had a little baby. I think there's yeah. so much to unpack there. So what was what was kind of the uh, uh, you know the impetus of 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 your co writer kind of getting this going and 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 how did you get involved? Yeah. So um, to know like how this got started, you got to got to take it back to the Twitter conversation. So <laughs> oh god, when did this first come out? Uh, so maybe like 2020, 2019-ish. I know there were conversations happening around like how race was depicted in D&D, like how some of the language could be reminiscent of um, like stereotypes applied to people of color to like currently and also could apply to like um, just people in general historically, like Vikings and stuff. Um, and so there was a conversation happening around that. And like I said, I got my creative writing degree in 
queer studies and African-American studies. So I was like, oh, hey, I know about this. <laughs> I can talk about this. So here I was joining in in this conversation, um, just really talking about like the different issues that were there. And I like for just for it, I, I whenever people ask me this, I like to preface this was like, I never want to like assume malice from mm. any of like um, anybody who I don't have actual proof that they like are doing, you know, racially charged things in a, in like a malicious way. Like, I don't know the people that, that run 5e. I don't know anybody from there actually. Um, but it's just really easy to let these things kind of slip in, especially when you build in, when you build up from older settings that also had these issues in there for various reasons. Um, but yeah, we were just really having that conversation about how to fix that. And there'd been a couple other projects that were done like that. Um, there was, uh, uh, ancestries and culture. I can't remember the name of the, I actually kind of, I feel kind of bad not remembering the company's name since I, I, I know Gwen who actually like owns and runs the company and I've done some stuff for them, <laughs> uh, for her. And then there was also like Relaxel's Guide to Ancestry, which like had like a little mind flare on it. And like, there are already different takes on how to do, um, like amid this conversation, how to do this stuff. And so Adam, who had been on Relaxel's Guide to Ancestries, I might not be pronouncing that correctly, but we'll go with it. It's Jay, um, Jarlaxel, right? No, no, no. It was like it, it. It's it was like G G R A. Like they're like a weird mind flayer name. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, Got it. completely like cool weird mind flayer name. And Adam was like, Adam had worked on that project and had like, um, you know, reached out to that creator, be like, hey, I think I'm gonna do something like kind of akin to this. You cool with that? Just you know since he'd worked on it and then invited me on um, because again, like I said, I'd been talking about it. I had one project out already, which to this day, I need to go back and like give a complete revamp of um, <laughs> it was my first project. It didn't, it didn't do too bad. I sold 50 copies of it. Um, it was about doing exorcisms to incorporeal undead, but it definitely oh. needs like a full, like <laughs> redesign at this point. But yeah, Adam was just like, Hey, come on the project. And I was like, yeah, definitely. And then, and then we were, here we are, the two of us, uh, sitting here trying to figure out how do we want to handle this? Because like I said, there are other there were other iterations of this already. Like there were a bunch of iterations of this already. And we were sitting here like we don't want to be, we don't want to be repetitive. We want to find our own take on things. And then it was clear like, oh, hey, if we do it in a point by system, people can make very clear and informed choices about how to um, mix and match their they're like either immediate family or like a whole lineage from either side. If they were like, well, I want to be descendant from Tritons and elves and dragonborns and tieflings and all that other stuff. Um, and then after that, it was really just a question of how are we going to balance this? How are we going to make sure like if people are playing with an elf and an orc rules and then some people are playing with like the standard 5e, it still works really well. Mm -hmm. And then finally, like um, there's a, like, how are we going to explain like, how are we talking about why we're doing this, right? Because all of this was very much couched in like a, hey, there is a problem with D&D &D 5e races right now and how things are handled from the language, from some things that could like, that could very well fit the definition of like bioessentialist thinking and whatnot. And just letting people know like, hey, this is to give you more choices, but it's also to combat this way of thinking and really like trying to get more verisimilitude in the game. I love that. And I love the idea of there being like, I mean, it's it's basically taking nature versus nurture uh, and putting them both in like game mechanics terms, right? And so that is something that I mean, I, I you know, I, I I think the way that you create a character in fifth edition, as you said, is kind of based a lot on previous uh, editions and how it was made, and so a lot of assumptions are just in there. 
But I love being able to break that all apart and be like, okay, well, what is that? What do those things actually mean? And then how can you just give more choices to 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 the players out there to be able to, you know, either reject some of those basic assumptions and or just make a fun character that they hadn't been able to do in the past without a lot of homebrew. Exactly, exactly. And um, I mean, like I said, a lot of it was like combating some issues that I saw, but also I just like making funky little characters. I like (laughs) making a half-orc tiefling where it's actually, it's not just flavor. It's like literally like, oh, I have Relentless Endurance and I have Hellish Rebuke and I have this. Like it's a a fun little fire resistance, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's very similar to to um you know the way sometimes people think about their own ancestry and their own upbringings, right? There's like even in you know the way we introduce people here on this podcast, it's like oh yeah, you're a TTRPG designer, but you're so much more than that, right? Like there's so yeah. there's like there's a lot to each individual uh, out there, and the the game you know rules as written in the player's handbook has to simplify that and make it a lot easier the choices. Again, some of those might be not be the best uh, simplifications, um, but like I love that you're just like, oh yeah, let's just add it and create these these things. It's almost, I mean, some people don't like GURPS and some of those others like bigger uh, uh, TRPG things because it's hard to make a character. It takes forever. It takes like three days. Uh, in this case, you know, you're adding some of that choice back in while also um, making, you know, because there are players out there who just enjoy that type of 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 I don't I don't want to say min maxing, but that that type of uh, uh, yeah categorization and giving like you know the as you said like oh I want to have a hellish rebuke but I also want to be able to do this and that's fun. Mm-hmm. It's like what's interesting too is that we're talking about a game of fantasy where we're like playing these made up characters and some people might ask like well like why do you need why do we need any sort of realism in this game or why. And I know for me, I actually just like it, even though it is fantasy, I like it when things make sense. Mm-hmm. And I like, I do, I always joke and be like, I need a little more realism in my fantasy because it just grounds me. It makes me feel more immersed in the game and in my character. But to that, if somebody were to say, well, why do we need rules to do, to do it your way or to, these different options? It's a game of fantasy. It's a game of make-believe. Why is it important? What would you say to that? Yeah, so answering that question is kind of twofold. So the first part is like the like combating issues in the space. The first thing I want to say is like, I know a lot of people are like, hey, why are you even bringing this up in here? It's fantasy. This is my escapism. It's my escapism too. I love like, yes, this is what I do for a job. If I'm not designing for it, I'm running games for it. But also I play a lot of of D&D. I play D&D every other week on Wednesdays, pretty much every Saturday. Um... Uh, sometimes twice every Saturday, depending on like what my like non-streamed home group wants to play at any given point. And it's like, regardless of, I wish I could just say, regardless of like where you sit on this, I hope we can all agree that there are some like racial issues in the real world that like affect black people and other people of color, like lots of different issues. And when I sit down at a table, I, one, I don't want to like, have to deal with any weird implications of like how the half orc has like weird implications about like all orcs pillaging and and stealing people and stuff or like um orcs needing to be like overly civilized to be able to like engage with other parts of with like dwarves and humans and elves like I don't want to deal with that I just want to play a really fun little funky game where maybe I'm like trying to save an archipelago of people <laughs> from an evil god or something like I so, like, the first part of that is 
it's fantasy and it's escapism and it should be fantasy and escapism for everybody. Yes. Everybody should be able to like sit down and I can't tell anybody what to, what to do at their tables. I can strongly encourage, hey, don't add bigotry in there. There are other things you can play with for a number of reasons. But at the very least, I can I can say, you know, maybe it should, if you want to have it, you should have to add it into the base game and not like we have to remove it. Because mm. like, it's just, it's a lot of work. It's not great. It's not fun. Um, and like on the note of round that bigotry, it's like, we all grow up in the same like society that feeds us a lot of things. We have ingrained biases. We can uh, internalize those and then we can like regurgitate them out in play if we're not careful. And then that in turn can be something we accidentally do out in the real world and harm people. Like I said, I never want to assign malicious intent without people giving me a very good reason to do so. And so I don't think that every person that is engaging with some of the more racially charged things in D&D are going to purposefully do racially charged things in the game and then go further. But we all can make mistakes. We can all accidentally hurt people. And so part of it is just very much like, hey, we're just trying to remove these bits of it. So one, the DM doesn't have to. If like, it's a lot of work, we've already removed it. Um, and two, it just it's just a lot easier for people like me who want to who wanna have escapism and just dive into it to do so like that and not have to do all this extra work. And then like, the second part of that is like, <laughs> it's just... On the, on the more like mechanical and just like kind of make sense in the in the world thing. I know that like, I know that there's a lot of like scientific like information and in species is not just as cut and dry as it is. But if we look at just like how we are like taught species and stuff mm. in school, which is like, which the way we're taught it, very basic biology. I, I know a little bit more of it now, but I couldn't tell you more about it. I just like, oh, I know what you're talking about when somebody mentions it. But like our general understanding is like, if our general understanding, if like two things can have like um, fertile kids, then they're like technically within the same species and should be able to like mix and match and do all this other weird stuff, right? So that's why like half elves, half orcs, which I guess somebody could make the argument that that really just means that humans are compatible with everybody. But but I know for a fact, at least from um, Keith Baker and man, Ed Greenwood, Ed that Greenwood. like they're, yeah, they're like half um, dwarves that aren't that aren't like half dwarf and half human or uh, throughout both the settings. Because when we have this conversation, I was like, hey, can you answer this question for me? This exists, <laughs> right? I was like, since they're here, I was like, hey, yeah, this, this is a thing, right? So like we know that can already happen and whatnot. So just the big point about this is like we know this exists. We know they can. Li- this can literally happen in the setting word of God like kind of situation. So why not make it like something that actually makes mechanical sense it give you that option like if you want to just say oh i'm a half dwarf i'm a half human and not have it be mechanically important totally fine some people don't want to do that there are some people in the games that i run that have access to an elf and an orc that just use the regular stuff or they just flavor it however they want but for other people that are like oh this is gonna be fun let's dive into it let's make a whole family tree I am one of those people. Um, yeah, we made those rules for them. We made them so that like they were balanced and people could just dive into it. DMs could like take a look at it and not feel as if they have to do like a bunch of wild and wacky homebrewing just to give their players what they want. Like at the end, like at the end of the day, it's part way like social responsibility, and the other part way is like it's a lot of work to have to homebrew things. And I don't think every DM should have to be a game designer to want to give their players things like this. And so it's very much like also that like, hey, here are the tools, just take it. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love that there's this, I mean, it's part of what makes d d great is that there is this community out there that is creating 
stuff that fills the gaps as well as removes stuffs and and, and allows uh, uh, everybody to learn, right? Like, as I think there is, there's, there's a conversation that can always continue, right? Where it's like, uh, there, your experience at the table might, is different than my experience at the table, it's different than Shelly's experience, and that doesn't mean that they're any less invalid and that we should try to make the game as uh, uh, understanding of everybody's uh, who's going to be able to play it. And um, the community does that by by providing these tools, by being able to hear all these, and then it also just adds to the to the conversation. And uh, so you're doing the right thing. You're doing good work <laughs> by making it happen. Yeah, Appreciate I would that. just like to make it clear that I asked you that because I knew you'd have a good answer, <laughs> not because I would be like, well, I don't understand why that's important. I just feel like I wanted, I just wanted you to be able to to tell us in your very articulate way. The why. the one time playing the devil's advocate is actually useful in this in at this point, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so, um, what are some of the more fun combinations that you've had people come up with or ones that surprised even you? Based yeah, on these so, rules? um, whenever we published it, we were like, Hey, tell us about your characters. Like, let us know, like people would tag us in it. Um, and also like tag us just to get like clarifications and some things. Um, but I, the one that sticks out to my mind, and this might've been one of the first ones, there was like a, a turtle mixed with a, I think it was a kinku. I think it was Ooh. a Torto Kinku. Yeah, still had the shell, had the had the wings. It was just like this Aww. really just like cute little, um, just this really like, like a Koopa. Cute little home. It's like a Koopa, a flying Koopa. Mm. Mm. Yep. <laughs> it was just so cute. I, I like, I saw it and I and like it brought tears to my eyes. I was like, oh my gosh. People are making little cute guys with their things. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Actually, there's this one person that plays um, that plays in my game, in two of my games right now. And so has done like, has specifically built the character in a way to be like the last man standing kind of thing. And that's mm. part of his backstory as well. Like he, um, uh, so we're playing in this like uh, Exandria, we're playing in Exandria and it's like, um, it's a war campaign with the war of Ashen Light between the two like major uh, nations. Um, and he like, He's a sergeant and he was the last of his battalion because they were trying to stop something from getting out of somewhere. And he's level seven right now. He's a fighter, so 7d10 and has 109 hit points because this, mm. um, yeah, yeah, it's wild. <laughs> has taken like abilities from the uh, Warforge, has taken, um, has taken abilities from the Warforge, has taken a couple abilities that like boosted, um, that boosted constitution, that gave him some very, like, elevated uh, strength scores. It's just an all-around big, tanky character, Tiefling, Warforge, and, like, two other things. Um, I gave them the option to, like, switch some things out. So I think at one point he didn't have to sleep, but he does now, um, since the third volume came out. And I was like, oh, hey, like, if you would have changed some things, go ahead and do it. Here's a third volume, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was a very, like, big and very optimized build. Like, no one else is even close to, like, hitting 100 yet. And seventh level, already there. And, like, very much feels like uh, min-max it. And I don't say that in, like, a bad way because... I also love to min max. Yeah, right. I it's a totally valid it. way to play. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a very fun time. Um, but yeah, I'd have to say that character endurance, um, tiefling. Wow. Yeah, it, like is just the the wildest one I've seen. Like as okay. far as like mechanical things. Mm-hmm. How does how does a how does an android procreate? 
It's magic. Honestly, we, we <laughs> hand but, but wave. Tr- yeah, we truly do say like somebody asks us that question. We're like, that depends on how you want to handle it. It's magic. Like we know that the Warforged are um, have we know the Warforged are you know, alive and moving because something magical happened. So it just really depends on how you want to say it. You want to say like, I mean, I I really, I just kind of, I just kind of, whenever anybody asks like, how does that functionally work? Unless they're like, hey, birds, birds lay eggs. These like give live births. And I'm like, listen, whichever parent is giving birth, Like if it's a dragonborn and they lay eggs, all right, they're laying an egg. If it's a human and they give live births, okay, it's a half dragon, half human, and they gave live birth to this thing. Like you, you do what you want, right? That's like that's the only like pretty much guidance. We'll say, listen, you could just say, you know, they are they have wombs, you know, they have wombs. Whatever the magic does, whatever they want, they can change their body because they're warforged. I don't know. Who knows? I love that though because yeah. it's like you're right. There, there is some grounding in 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 reality, as you're saying, Shelley. But then there also yes. is like a. But this in this world, that just is the way it is. It is the grounding. Yeah, yeah. So in the in the book, there's parentage and there's upbringing. So what? How does this? How do they complement? Like how do they work together? Yeah. So um. So the parentage and upbringing replaces just the race section of the PHB. Okay. Only the race section doesn't take over the background. So if you were going to make a character with an elf and orc had a little baby, you pick a parentage and upbringing and a background because parentage is your biology. Upbringing is how like how you grew up, and then background is more. Um, background can be how you grew up because you do have things like urchin. Um, but the way I look at it, it's very much like how you've been living your life up to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and before you start going on an adventure, so there can be some like intermingling between um, background and upbringing, but. Um, upbringing does not replace background. You're always going to still grab a background at the end of the day. And the way it pretty much works is, so you don't have to pick your parentage first and then your upbringing. Like they're not tied that way. Um, There's not even suggestions for like which thing goes with which. I mean, if you're familiar enough with like the 5e races and stuff, you could easily see like, oh, this upbringing, like this, um, like there's some like dis upbringings that are like associated with the tieflings. You could be like, oh, this is associated with this type of tiefling and this and that. Or like there's like um, the Afridi upbringing. You could say, oh, this is associated with a fire genasi kind of thing. Like you could put it together like that, but there's not like any like, hey, there's, we don't like, we don't say, hey, this is technically tied to this because we don't want to influence anybody's choices. Like, you know, go wherever your mind wants to take you. But pretty much what it looks like is assuming your DM is, um, Assuming your DM just wants you to do the standard thing, and standard is you pick your you pick your your parents, one or two, or maybe you have multiple parents and they all contributed that in some magical way. Whatever your DM decides, <laughs> you pick your immediate parentage, right? You pick them, and then you get sixteen points to spend between them, and then you can get more points if you take like like um, detriment. So there's like sunlight sensitivity, which is worth negative points. Um, so you, you know, you have disadvantage on certain things in the sun, but also that means, so if you, let's say sunlight sensitivity is minus six points, you take that, you went from 16 points to 22 points because you took that uh, negative there, but you get all your points together and then you, um, you pick and choose from that. And so that's, you have your parentages, you have your stuff set up and then you go to your upbringings Um, And you just decide which one like sounds best to you and whatnot. Now there is an additional system in there. And we do say like, hey, make sure your DM is okay with this. Um, 
so one for like the parent stuff, you could just build, you could build a long line if you wanted to say, well, I'm, like I said, I'm descendant from Tritons and dwarves and dragonborn and stuff. And you wanted to try and pick and choose from all of those. Mm-hmm. You can make your family tree on either end. Or if you didn't want to do that, you could just, if you didn't want to like actually plot all of it out, you could just be like, hey, is it okay if I choose from any of these? Since I'm saying like, my family is a variety of people descended from that. I personally like to like plot it out. Like if I'm going to do a huge family tree, it's going to be like, okay, so this person married this person and that became that. And then that became that. And then over here, like I like to do that. That's, that's fun for me. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, if if they let you do that, then you've just, you just kind of open up your choices to the, uh, um, to how many like parentages you could have and how many things you can pull from. And then you can also do that with um, mixing and matching the upbringing. So each upbringing ability has a point next to it. So let's say that, um, let's say your DM, let's say your DM is like, Hey, you can mix, you can mix and match upbringings, but I don't want you to do it with the parents. So let's say my dad's a Leonin, my other dad's a tiefling. And one of them has like a martial upbringing and the other one has a studious upbringing. Mm. I, as long, um, there's also like 16 points around that as well. Uh, Cause that includes, um, your bonuses to like your, to your actual stats is like you get your stat bonuses from upbringing, you get your biological stuff from parentage. Um, and you, I could say, okay, I want to know an extra language from this. I want a plus one to intelligence from here. I want a plus two to strength from over here. You can mix it and match it like that. Wait, how many cool. can, how many upbringings can you have? Okay. So <laughs> um, <laughs> many, I'm getting into this now. So technically if your DM's just like, Hey, pick your parentages and then grab one upbringing. That's okay. all you get. If your DM's like, hey, you can mix and match the way you want. If you want to say that different people in your family have different upbringings. Okay. Yeah, you can like, you can take as many things as you have points for. The one thing about the upbringings though is there's no negative points in there because it's an up, like we don't give any, like there are no really negative traits for that. Like uh, weapon proficiencies, languages, um, ability score improvements. Like none of those things actually work to like be negative. So w- when you have 16 points, you just have 16 points for upbringing. Got it. Um, but yeah, like if your DM says you can mix and match, you can really just like, as long as you can justify it in my book, as long as like, if somebody, if you were to come to the table and be like, hey, yeah, I pulled from five different parent upbringings. And I'm like, how'd you do that? Like not in the, I don't ask an accusatory. I'm just always like, Ooh, tell me how you actually got here. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. That makes sense. Dope. And as long as you're within the 16 points, you do what you want. Yeah. I can see it being like, all right, well, I went to uh, this school for a little while and I trained this and I didn't like it, but I did pick up one thing from there. And I went over here and I, I worked as a sailor and, 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 you know, I picked up some stuff from there. You could have been an exchange student and family. It doesn't even have to be like, it doesn't even, I know it doesn't even have even be, have to technically be tied to like what your parents raised. You'd be like, yeah, I traveled a lot. We did this in my upbringing. We did that in my upbringing. Like, like, yeah. It's like um, the backstory. It's like basically giving like yeah. mechanical benefits potentially to, to each part of your life leading up to when you're choosing to be an adventurer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love it for backstory too. Cause it's like such a good launching pad to come up with a really cool story. Cause I, so if you if somebody were to go to your website, which is which you're doing um, right now, that's <laughs> um, v, vjhcreations.com. Yep. And in your portfolio, which is very robust, by the way, yeah. um, I was just nosing around in the preview for um, Elf and an Orc had a little baby. There's lots of content that you can look at here in the preview, but so some of the 
upbringings, just let's just give people an idea of like what types of upbringings they can, maybe you, you can mention your favorites. I have a couple too, which I thought were really cool. <laughs> um, an aerial upbringing. So you were raised among a people that can fly or glide, whether by oh. biology, invention, or magic. For some reason, I was like, oh, she's a mermaid. You have the mermaid background. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Mm-hmm. That's the, the Triton snow, you were talking the about. The Snow White upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were the, raised in the, the clouds with the eagles. <laughs> oh, oh, don't bring it up again, girl. <laughs> look, look what you did. <laughs> you know what you're doing. That's the Aarakocra in you. I know, I do. I do have an Aarakocra past, so... Yes, the beast rider, um, astral, they're competitive, aggressive. Like there's all, there's so, it's just so cool. It's, well, what are some of your favorite upbringings and how have you used them? And that is a great, that is a really great question. Let's see. Um, I say that's a really great question because it's like we dive into this thing and then my brain's like, oh, we're done. You don't remember any, any, oh, any course. specific. This, yeah. <laughs> um, but hold you're, on. You, got... you're like years in the future already with yeah, your next like... projects. I get it. <laughs> but no, let me, Um, I, I pulled up. I do have a very, the first, there are some, there are definitely some like different and better ones um, that we've made in like the, like things, like not like better mechanically but I just think that are like cool yeah. um, in like the later books but of course the like some of these things have like a really have like a really special place in my heart yeah um I got I definitely got to say like the scourge upbringing which for anybody it's like um at a young age celestial imbued you with divine energy that blazes intensely within you which Aww. is very much um like anybody that recognizes that it's 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 technically like the stuff you would get from being in Asimar, a Scourge Asimar. And I just thought that was like a little really fun thing. Or like the um, we have two more that are like the Raven Queen worshippers and the mm-hmm. Raven Queen um allies. Um, so just like little like those three things just really like, I don't know what it is about them. They just like speak very they speak a lot to me. I haven't used I say they're I love them, but I haven't used any either three of them. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but you can be but ready just, to. You love them from afar. I love them from afar. Yeah, I and them. I, I would listen. I would. I would love to make enough characters to play every single upbringing because oh. there's no way I'm going to be able to play every single combination of like no. the, the parentages, right. but the upbringings. That's a realistic goal. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on a chart and be like, all right, I yes. played this one. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so fun. Um, so yeah, you mentioned that there's been three volumes. That's not three like revisions that's three separate books that all just add more a choices a lot of content mm-hmm. oh wow i think there's over like 300 pages worth of stuff so like wow. the first book we had um all of the official and available 5e races and i think we might have i think it all might have just been official 5e stuff if i'm looking at it yep just all official 5e things that we like were allowed to use on uh the neums guild and then the, the second two books we really got into like more monstrous races so like yeah. um giants um uh, giants, literal like fiends, so devils and demons, and just putting them under like kind of like the abyssal and infernal, like tiefling kind of parentages. Um, some more celestials. We even brought in like there are a couple of products in the DMs Guild that just add more races to 5e. And we like reached out to some of them. We're like, hey, can we convert this for this? 
more than happy. Like there's a whole oh, section cool. of like, yeah, Air Cocra, um, Kinku. Like there's just a whole bunch of, there's a whole product called like Birds of Paradise that added a whole bunch of like birds. <gasps> yeah. Nice. And we got to bring that into, um, I think that might've been volume two, if I'm remembering that correctly. Um, some of them might also be in volume three. It's in one of those two. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we like, we just, we just kind of went wild. Uh, and then also like the volumes two and three, like have some of the official races in them for like stuff that came out later. So right. spell jammers in there. Um, uh, what just uh dragon lamps. Dragon yeah. Lamps. Dragon lamps. So the kinder are in the newest one. Got it. That's cool. Wow. That's cool. A lot of content. I, mean, I love that. It just adds more choice. Like as I've been saying, that's, that's, that's the fun there. Um, so cool. I hope people check that out. I think I'm definitely going to because it is of interest to me and not just in Dungeons and Dragons, but in uh, kind of the fantasy story, storytelling that I love. Uh, because um, I, I do want to add, uh, so, so we do have all three out. There's a bundle out. Um, if you've already bought one, like obviously the bundle recognizes that and you're not charged for it. But there's also a little like thing I'm working on the side that I really want to add to it because I know a lot of people look at it as like, oh, this is very player facing. I was like, yeah, but it's also really good for a DM too. Mm. Like, yeah. Um, like if you wanted to like go in and just grab some like cool abilities to throw onto a monster and just like like imagine a um shambling mound that like has like a fiery uh shield because it's like kind of engulfed some type of fire elemental diffuse somehow. And like I know like it's easy for me to go in and look at this stuff because I'm you know I'm one of the authors. I can be like, oh, I remember I did this with this. Let me go grab it, but I know that could be harder for DMs. So I am working on like a um on like an update to it. It's free. It's gonna go in all of them. And in the bundle, it'll have like everything combined since you have all three, um, where like things are separated into um things are more easily separated and sorted. So that way, if a DM wants to like just scroll through it, be like, oh, this is like a fiery thing. This is like a demon thing. Like, and they just want to grab and drop it for a monster. Or if you just want to like roll on it and be like, okay, let me make a quick NPC. They're this and this, and here are the abilities they've grabbed. You can easily do it. So right now it like, it is very much more player facing, but in the near future, (laughs) it is going to have some more tools for DMs who want to use it in that capacity instead. I love that. I think, that, I mean, and even just if you're doing more, um, and not just monsters, but doing more like uh, uh, humanoid NPCs, like, yeah, DMs can use this to just add more flavor. So you're not just, you know, uh, fighting against, uh, uh, you know, uh, Xanathar Mook number three. You're fighting against one that had, you know, a, a fire genasi lineage or something like that. Exactly. Um, and I guess one other thing I want to add. So, Anytime anybody lets me do this, I do it. And so there are other, <laughs> like anytime anybody lets me come on and do an Elf and an Orca little baby style thing, I'm like, <laughs> yes, absolutely. So there's, um, there is, I think it's Arcadia issue 22 from MCDM where there are additional like Tiefling and uh, Dragonborn parentages if anybody has that. There's also um, Dritz travel guide that's coming out soonish that'll have that. And then there's one other thing. Um, let me pull it up. Yes, Playing Possum, a collection uh, of four animal folk options on the DM scale. That also has ooh. an Elfin and Orc. Mm-hmm. Also has that stuff in there as well. So if you're like, if you're looking for more anywhere, like if you see my name on something and there's race options, I probably was allowed to do an Elfin and Orc little, had a little baby style thing. So. Oh, sweet. Okay. So you're taking, so you're like combining it with other third party makers out mm-hmm. there too. Mm-hmm. That's give awesome. the options to fit into into this system. That's so cool. That's really yeah. cool. Um, sweet deal on the DMs Guild right now for those of you listening. So, <laughs> um, 
This is like one of our most there. online episodes ever where we're, we're looking like, this stuff is up like, constantly. Now this is like home shopping network. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For Take a, a look at this time, mug. Wow. Look at this Aarakocra and Dragonborn. Yes. Okay. <laughs> there is um, an average rating of five stars, y'all. So, out of five. So, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's not out of 10 stars? Not out of 10. It's <laughs> not out of 6. It's 5. 5 That's out of 5. Amazing. Yeah. Well, speaking of ratings and liking and subscribing and people uh, delving into professional GMing, uh, that <laughs> is uh, another big part of, of what you do, VJ, right? Is, is taking uh, a, a lot of this and then running games for people, right? Uh, yeah, that is exactly right. So when I'm not designing, like, again, I'm working, I am running games. I run six games. Um, I, uh, I'm i a pro GM over on StartPlaying.Games. Oh, uh, I, cool. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. Anybody thinking about getting into it, um, I'd say think long and hard about making your hobby your job. I'm yes. still having a great time, but it is really easy to get burnt out. Like, at least with the prep, when I'm actually running it, it's like, this is so much fun. I'm loving it getting to that point can be a bit hard. So like, think mm. about that if you're planning on doing it, but otherwise it's a lot of fun. I'm having a great time and I like, I'm getting to exercise a lot of like my creative juices and stuff. So there are like, so of the six games that I'm running, three of them are pre-made adventures, uh, Tyranny of Dragons, uh, Descent to Avernus, and then Rise of Vecna slash Fall of Vecna from the DMs Guild, which is like mm. a Doom Forgotten Realm series where, um, Vecna, all the bad guys from all the other campaigns won, and now you're trying to defeat Vecna because now he's a god king kind of thing. And then the other three are like um, the Eber- the Exandria Tales of War game set in a pre-made setting, but I'm like directing the whole entire thing. The players are dealing with political intrigue and warfare, and I'm getting to bring in like stats for like war machines from Horizon Zero Dawn because the... Oh, nice. M- the Empire makes war machines. Yeah, like, so it's a lot of fun there. And then the other ones are Under Her Dark Gaze. It's a Curse of Strahd slash She is the Ancient, which is kind of like a um, Curse of Strahd redux, as it were, might be the right word, on the DMs Guild. Yep. Meets Spelljammer campaign. Oh. And yeah, the players have like got sucked into this domain of dread, which is really more like a dead space. There's lots of dead planets. The 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 Dark Queen tried to bring back her lover after accidentally killing her when she got turned into a vampire to save her own life. I said lover. And now it's just like everybody's stuck in this place and they're just kind of trying to figure out how to get out of there. Um, And yeah, it's just been a... For all the things I do, I'm very much more like um, people bring me in for like a lot of mechanical, like not not a lot of adventures. Like I've gotten the opportunity to write a couple of smaller ones, especially like lately, which has been really great for me. But um, it's definitely not like... It's not what people know me best for. Mm-hmm. as it were, or what I get to do most of the time. So it's it's a lot of fun to be able to um, do that, like have a have a good reason to like make this and know that I, it's going to definitely facilitate me making money and, you know, paying my bills and me having a good time. Um, so it's it's a great time. It's it's a really fun time over there. That's great. That's great. So, and the start playing thing, is, all six of those campaigns you're talking about are all uh, in, in that platform? Yeah, yeah, all six of them. It's just, wow. it's a really, that it's a really a easy of, way. Is it a weekly? Uh, yeah, so, okay, so wow. all of the games except for Descent into Avernus are weekly, and Descent into Avernus one is every other week, but that's like a private game a friend asked me to run for them. So, mm. like, unless that friend invites you, it's not, like, up for the public. But all the other ones, completely open to the public for anybody that wants to check it out and join. Um, 
Oh, they are? Yeah, yeah. Um, Eberron Tales of War. There are two that are open because I, I I have a limit of like six players at a table. I'm like, yeah. that's my max. Um, so uh, we have Under Her Dark Gaze on Tuesday evenings from like 6.30 to 9. So I usually say, I like say two and a half hours to three max, but at minimum two and a half hours, unless something happens. And then I just say, hey, we're going to add the time to the back end of things. So y'all, you know, we make that up going forward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. there's a Friday game. Rise of Vecna that's kind of coming to the end of the Rise of Vecna storyline and we're trying to figure out what we're doing next. Mm. We might be switching over to a new system. Um, We're kind of talking about that. But yeah, so right now there are two games that are like open in the evenings. Um, And then the like uh, two earlier ones are don't have any, don't have like additional space right now. Okay, I mean, I'm really curious about this as like a a vocation at this point, right? Like that people are like, oh yeah, I could be a a professional GM and run games for people. It's something I think a lot of us, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, just never thought would be possible that there would be this this kind of marketplace and that there were people willing to pay, honestly, for for what is, as as you said, a hobby here. So yeah, talk a little bit about how that's changed, you know, over a little bit, as well as I can imagine the burnout thing you were mentioning being a a real, you know, a real Vecna uh, in your life. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Keep it fresh. Yeah. So like I, so like I said, I got into this, uh, I got into this like in like 2015, which is still like before the start, in my opinion, of like really the boom of professional GMs and stuff, like wasn't a thing even then. And so was very much, because like, like when I started playing D&D, in earnest, I thought about going back to Adventures League and be like, oh, I wonder if they'll let me like run some games there because I was having a blast. Never, never did it. Eventually, like uh, started working um, like in the nonprofit sector and didn't have time to do that full time. But I could like on the side do things with it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like even thinking like, <laughs> like, like Shelly, you, you, you said you'd love to talk to my mom and ask if, if she thought this is what I was doing with my degree. And like, I didn't even think I was doing this with my degree. I didn't even think yeah. I was going to get into create. I didn't think I was going to get into social act, like social activism, reproductive justice with my degree. I thought that I was going to get my public relations degree, which I have, I was going to go into corporate America, do whatever with that. And I just got the creative writing one because that's where I was passionate. I had my passion, but I was like, I also need something that I know I can fall back on and make like five to six figures <laughs> and PRs, you know, one of those decent positions that you could reasonably do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe four, but like, hey, it still works, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> four figures. <laughs> well. Wait, wait, nope, nope, I got that wrong. I can't count. Five to six figures is accurate. Four is wrong. <laughs> if you are an adult in the PR industry getting paid four figures. <laughs> You're entitled we, to compensation. Yeah, we, exactly. <laughs> we want to talk to you. Please. <laughs> we Snitch on your boss. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you make more GMing on the side. Uh, yeah. Start playing. <laughs> yeah. So like, and I hadn't really considered it as like an option. So like, uh, I was in social activism and then I trans, I moved over to uh, designing full time um, because there was also there's also a big a lots of burnout in like uh mm-hmm. the social activism sphere because a lot of things happen it's, it can be very exhausting yeah. um and so i moved over here and like it was doing all right from like where from the place that i actually had lived i lived at the time and like yeah i paid the bills it it would get tight in some places and it'd be fine in others 
because I, I wasn't just doing the DMs Guild. I also like have been hired by a number of third party people like MCDM. Um, I've written some stuff for Sly Flourish. I don't know if it's published anywhere. I'm just like a different, different places and stuff. So it was like, I was, I was, I was getting along. Um, and then uh, um, is Friday uh, over on uh, Twitter was like, hey, was the number one, like one of the number one or number two DM at that point was like, hey, I'm opening up this cohort for people with marginalized identities to make some extra money, especially during the pandemic. And so I got in the cohort and then I was like, okay, all right, let's do it. Got in the cohort, um, got my ad copy and stuff together, figured out how to make it correctly, figured out how to market myself. I know how to do it. I need to be better at doing it. And so anybody getting into this, being a DM, like Friday says, it's very much hospitality, marketing, um, time management, lots. You have to be really organized, um, which... Anybody, if you can see my apartment, you know that's really not the case for me. But <laughs> that is the case for me when it comes to like DMing and stuff, yeah. this kind of thing. And and so like uh, getting into it wasn't wasn't super hard, right? Uh, um, and even now, Friday does like ad copy um, offers up like does do open ad copy things for people who who aren't in the cohort but just need a little bit of help with stuff. Like you can also just go and look at people who are like consistently filling up their games and whatnot or have the highest like ratings on there and are the top DMs and see how their ad copy looks and just kind of get a vibe from that because that's what that's pretty much what yeah. I did besides also having Friday to like look it over for me and give me some hint, hint, hints trying to say tips and hints at the same time <laughs> so hips <laughs> um, <laughs> but also on the the burnout is a very real thing yeah um like i said i i love running for my players like whenever i get into the game i'm super excited but getting up to it there can very much be this feeling of like god i don't want to be doing this i really wish i could just cancel um you really got to push through that unless like you have like don't get me wrong sometimes it's just jitters yeah. And other times it's like your mental health, like, hey, I don't think you can actually run this game today. So just like make sure you know the difference and just listen to yourself. And then if it's the latter, it's like, hey, you you need to stop or you will like not be able to go. Yeah. Then just be up honest and be like, hey, y'all, no game tonight. We're going to pick up next week. Um, and just make sure you're like canceling before anybody gets charged or immediately refunding if somebody gets charged and you're like, oh, hey, I, I missed this. My apologies. We'll pick it up next week kind of thing. Um, but if it's the former thing, it's very much just like trying to figure out what you need to tell yourself it's going to be fine. As soon as you get into it, you're going to have fun. You know you are because that's like that's the truth for me. Every single time I'm about to jump into a game, it's like, oh, God, right. I, I would rather be, you know, it, watching like TV or something. It's like a stage fright almost a little bit. It's like you kind of have yeah. to like... Mm-hmm. You know, get through that in order to get on. But once you're on, it feels nice. But that whole lead up to it is 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 real rough. And you're right. Sometimes it is the rough that you can deal with, and sometimes it, it's not. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that so hard. I, I, I have to DM on Friday, and I'm already like, I don't want to. Oh, please let it snow or something, and everything gets canceled. <laughs> but I know, like, when I'm there... I'm going to, like, an hour and a half will fly by, and I'm going to leave, like, super pumped and, like, high on, like, this game was amazing. Oh, exactly. I can't wait for next Friday. But So I have to just keep telling myself, no, the, don't don't panic. You mm-hmm. you actually enjoy it while it's happening. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's fair. That's a good, you know, advice for everything. Enjoy it, it while is. it's happening. <laughs> yeah, or just remind yourself that this isn't yeah. the worst thing you've ever done. But so you don't always know who's going to show up to your group you see your game then do you if you're just yeah no like all the people that i'm playing with right now um are 
at the start of this were very much functionally strangers to me. There was one, um, well, except for like the Saturday game, because I, uh, like it, it was from a, it was from a friend on TikTok that yeah. I, like I'd interact with before and would call them a friend outside of like TikTok, you know? Um, but yeah, I pretty much don't know the people that come in. And then like the next closest thing to like, oh, I kind of know this person. They're not a complete stranger to me is like, so I play a game on Saturdays. Um, it's called Strange Hungers over on Total Party Kiss. And it's a horror campaign. And one of the people that are in the chat that like come and watch us every Saturday joined two of my games. I was like, oh, oh John, I know you. I see you in the chat all the time. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, so that was the closest thing. But yeah, it's very much like strangers just kind of hop in the game. That's terrifying. And yeah, it like, especially when there's a lot of horror stories out there about like, picking up strange games and people being weird. And I think part of like, part of the reason I probably haven't really had to deal with anything, like any of the real horror stories, like there have been conflicts, there have been things I've had to mediate as a DM as part of the job, but I haven't had any like true horror stories because I'm very clear about who I am as a DM. So first off, when I advertise things, I make it very clear. I'm queer, I'm I'm trans, I'm disabled, I'm black. Like (laughs) um, I make it very clear, like in my bio, like, hey, I don't add things like racism, sexism, queer phobia, any of that into my games. Um, I don't like playing with it. I don't think, I don't think you need it to run fun and dynamic kind of things. Like we're not going to have any of that. And I really emphasize that as we go through our session zeros, um, especially like, for example, in like our, uh, tales of war campaign, we are very much playing a war campaign, but it's also very much like a, Hey, this isn't like a white nationalism, like kind of bigoted kind of thing we're doing, even though the one side very much has propaganda against the other. It's like, done a lot of work to make sure it's not racialized to make sure like it's very much not like a oh you have all of the humans and the elves and stuff over in the non-drow elves over here and you have the goblins and the orcs over here like very much like hey you can find anyone anywhere some places might have a higher population but very much you can find them anywhere um it's not like a clear divided line on that there's not like this racial tension and bigotry um so like it can't be a horror story, but if you put the work in upfront, it'll really cut back on the type of people that would join a game to play with you in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I think there's there's something about the being upfront, as you said, but also the the um, real monetary charge uh, sometimes just filters out a lot of the worst people. True, true. To be quite honest, because it ends up being like, all right, well. I could be a jerk online, but do I have to pay 20 bucks to be a jerk online? I don't know. That's a bridge too far for me. <laughs> uh, but I'm glad, I'm glad you haven't had uh, a lot of, um, as you said, horror stories. When you said that first, I was like, oh, man, is it a horror game that you're talking yeah, about? Oh, like wait, no. Ravenloft? Oh, yeah. Different horrors. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think one thing that um, I'd love to ask is, uh, you know, I mean, I think, as you've been mentioned, there's a lot of, history with this game and it's not always been wonderful how can uh we as the uh non-marginalized folks within this community be as welcoming and open so that we reduce the number of horror stories out there and and try to make this game as as fun for as many people out there like what what kind of thoughts would you give uh uh, to folks listening on that yeah um i would say well, I think I think the biggest way to combat that is like being willing to be educated on a topic and being willing to be just to be open and honest about like, hey, I don't have enough education. I don't I don't know enough about this topic to actually give my thoughts or to know if it's bad or not. Like I and I know that can be really hard. Like me right now, I'm very much like a if I come to a topic that I don't know enough about and I'm like, you know what? I don't know enough about this topic. I don't have to like I'm just going to sit here and ask some questions. And I know that can be like a hard thing to do. But it's like it's so it's so 
as someone who wasn't always like that, like I wasn't like the worst person about it, but I wasn't always this like great about it. It's so freeing just to be able to be like, I don't know. I have no idea what this is. <laughs> I'm just going to listen. Right. It's so freeing just to admit it. Um, but like go out and seek the, seek out voices of people who are like willingly giving this education. So um, of course I'm going to recommend myself because like that, like if, if people, if the general like customer base of mine knows me for an Alpha Nork had a little baby, like designers and like other people that are like really into talking about like activism in the space know me for educating about bigotry in the game. Like those are the two spheres within the design <laughs> space that people know me for. Right. Um, an Alpha and an Orc or talking about bigotry. Like go find people that are talking about it. There's me. I talk about it on my TikToks. I talk about it on my podcast, BJ Talks. There's there's people like uh, Three Black Halflings. There's Asians Represent. There's a lot of there are a lot of people of color and other marginalized people. Like it's not just people of color, right? There's a lot of marginalized identities. There are a lot of marginalized people out there that are willing to talk and educate and like answer any genuine non like sea lining questions. No questions that are coming in and acting like the way we see a lot of like um, bigots who don't actually want to listen to what we're telling them act like, like more than happy to educate. Right. Um, and so it's very much just like be open to learning about this stuff. Just be and and know that like at the end of the day, when if you're coming in and listening to us and you're thinking to yourself, like, well, some people are saying this isn't harmful, but it's fine. Just like I, I want to leave, like, I always want to leave people with this thought. Like, so here I am saying, hey, there's bigotry in like the 5e races, and you can like it can reinforce things, and you could accidentally go out in the public and you know regurgitate that bigotry to other people. Um, so hear me saying that. And then hear someone else. It's like, actually, that's not true. It's just a fantasy game. Like, stop and ask yourself if, like, me, a Black person saying this and another Black person saying the other thing. Stop and ask yourself, what causes the most harm if one of us is wrong? Like, mm. if I'm wrong about this actually being a problem, you know what's the most that just happened? There's no bigoted language in D&D at this point, right? <laughs> right. If, if the other person is wrong, <laughs> you have actually probably done the thing that I just described, which is definitely harmful. So, like, is that, it, like... At the end of the day, just one, be open to listening to people, to finding the people that want to talk to you about this stuff. And two, if if at any point you're like, uh, you know, I'm hearing different sides of things, just like weigh the like, what would be more harmful if either side is incorrect? Mm. Like who is going to get hurt if I side with the, if I side with one side or the other? That's really, that's a really good point. Yeah. I, I, I definitely, you know, 100% agree on the second part, but the first part, it's like people who are, Playing Dungeons and Dragons, part of the fun, at least you know, at least for me, is is asking the lore, is asking what 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 is your the, the characters that you meet in the game, what is your perspective on what's happening in this world right now, and while all you're saying is just be that open to learning about other people's backstories in real life, uh, mm-hmm. as 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 inquisitive as your characters are uh, around the table, uh, and educate yourself that way. I, I yeah. I just love that. That's what this game does, right? It 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 encourages asking of questions and 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 putting yourself in other people's shoes, like as the uh, a whole point of the game. And then I just wish you know that's why I think playing this game makes people better people overall over time because you end up seeing so many of these of these yes. perspectives that you wouldn't normally see. Mm-hmm. Just living your life. Just living your exactly. life. All right. Well, we didn't really get to talk too much about uh, uh, VJ Talks, but I, I, I love that concept. It seems like it's it's a very similar to another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, y'all stole my name! How dare you? I know, I know, I'm younger, but 
I know what you did. <laughs> that branding was just too perfect. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's been fun for you, right? Being able to to interview and talk with with you know various folks uh, amongst the yeah, community. I. Yeah, it's definitely been like a, it's been a really great and fun outlet for me. I, I can't even remember why I decided to do it. Um, or actually, yes, I can, because TikToks only give you 15 seconds, 60 seconds, and three minutes. And it's like, sometimes I want to talk about something for 20 minutes to two and a half hours. And, 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 <laughs> and at the time that I started this, I wasn't doing YouTube videos. I wasn't doing Twitch videos. I'm still not doing YouTube videos yet. I, I, I had like my first official like, Twitch stream this morning where I was like messing around with a with a solo RPG Firelights, which is super fun. Oh, cool. But like very much was like, I want to talk more about this. I want to like, I have questions. I know p- there are people of like, I'm like, people that know me for educating people in the space, they come to me with sometimes with questions that I can't answer because I'm not educated on the topic. I'm not a person it affects. Like people have asked me about anti-Semitism and I'm able to say like, hey, this is what I've heard from other Jewish creators about these things. But anything outside of that, I'm like, Go find them. I can't answer your questions. But also I was like, you know what? I have things I want to ask. I know there are things that people that I follow want to ask. And so there were like, and, and around a bunch of different things. So there was very much like the onus on, um, no, the impetus on making that. Like there's a um, Jewishness and D&D episode where I just got to talk to like five, four or five Jewish creators about like, hey, let's talk about your identity in D&D and how that like manifests in the actual gameplay and like in the mm-hmm. rules and stuff or like mixed identities in D&D. Like I've gotten to do a lot of cool things like that. And also sometimes some of it is just me like just shooting the shit with people or like talking design and whatnot, either with just myself reviewing some like um, D&D products, mostly like things that are like officially attached to D&D. Cause I never want to like, I, I feel like things that are officially attached to D&D are fair game for me to like give like, <laughs> Like, I don't have to reach out and be like, hey, can I have permission to review this and maybe be a bit scathing about it? Versus if it's like third party, if it's like um, third party, like individual stuff, like like someone who's like me or um, like people who are making stuff in the DMs got to be like, hey, is it okay if I review this? And I might be a bit scathing. Um, larger third party companies like MCDM, Cobalt Press, I will also just snatch that and be like, okay, let's go through this and <laughs> let's talk about the good and the bad and just be scathing without asking about it. Because like, okay, you're, 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 you're big boy. You're big kids. All right. You're fine. Sure, you're, sure. you're not individual yeah, yeah. creator. You can, you can handle it. Um, but yeah, no, it's just been a, it's been a lot of fun for me. And it's also like, there was a part of me when I was in college, when I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my degrees and stuff that was like, oh, I know maybe like, at first I thought I was going to be a journalist. And then when I took the tour of the school, um, the person that was giving the tour for public relations was hotter than the person that was giving the tour for journalism. So I went to <laughs> ER instead. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works sometimes. And that is exactly. I mean, I was basically a theater major because I was like, oh, you don't have to do math here? I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> and there's hot, there's pretty people in the theater department? <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. and, it, and it, it was a great decision because I still have to take a journalism course and I hated it. I was like, oh, yeah. The you universe the right was definitely choice. looking out for me, right? <laughs> and yeah, I was really like wanting to do like more like invest. Like the reason I did creative writing with the focus in African American and queer studies is because I wanted to talk about like issues within my like black and queer communities and write it in such a way that was like um, digestible. Like I, academic jargon has its place, but a lot of things it you don't actually need that. You need to make it more um, consumable by general the general populace so people will change. And then like that. I haven't been doing that in my design work, obviously. Like, that's not really (laughs) what you need in there. And I was like, oh, I can do this here. And, like, I know, um, like, specifically, there's, like, one, I want to keep talking to people about their, like, 
identities as it pertains to D&D and stuff and other TPRPGs. I'm finally getting to branch out. But there was also like this, like, like I said, I'm a fifth edition kid. I got into it in like 2014, technically, but really in 2015. And I know a lot of people, like there's two sides of things. Like some people that are like, um, that have a problem with like all the diversity and stuff and say like, well, there was never a a diversity or racism or bigotry problem in earlier editions. We welcomed everybody. And then there's the side that's like, actually, I have all these horror stories. And like, I obviously I'm not, um, and I'm very much like, I wasn't there for any of it. Like, sure, I have some of my own horror stories about people reacting to the things I'm saying and want to do on Twitter, but none of my tables have been like that. So I, and it's not like I'm just, and and this isn't me saying that I'm discounting those people saying this happened or that I'm automatically believing the people that are saying, well, this never happened. It's more of like, I really want to do a thing um, where I get to interview the people that like, are on both sides of these, like, this never happened. This is my experience. And the ones that are like, this did happen. These are my experiences. Because some things are just like, you just aren't listening to other people right. about it happening. And then other things are like, you're just never going to listen. You just you just want to deny that it happened. And for the people that are just not listening, or for the people that like aren't listening because they haven't heard it and they don't know where to go, it's like, this can very much be like, hey, I could do this. It'd be super cool. I could interview some people. I could, um, what is it? I, I think I, I think when y'all asked me to like write some stuff down, I put um, when we were outcasts because that 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 mm. that's always the argument. Yeah. Like, oh hey, we were outcasts from society, and so now y'all are trying to push us out of our own thing. And I was like, okay, but it sounds like there were marginalized people that were outcasts within your outcasts because of the way <laughs> you were treating them. So maybe just listen. And like again, I wasn't there for any of this, and so like I'm very much a person who loves to have a primary source at my hands as much as possible. And so like really that right there is speaking very much to like the part of me that was like, I'm going to write about, um, I'm going to do my senior thesis on speaking in the black community and we're going to make it very digestible so everybody can read it and understand what's happening there. Um, so very excited about being able to do VJ talks, even more excited to start that new, um, line of programming, I guess on VJ talks is the right word for it at some point in the very near future. But yeah, it's a sounds like you're still being a journalist, actually, even though you're like, I hate it. (laughs) I'm not a journalist. That is that that idea, right? Where you're like, oh, I want to hear from the primary sources and get their stories told and listen. And that's and and being like in in the like unbiased and letting people just share their experiences. Yeah. So also seems like a really good spot um, to answer Greg's earlier question about how non-marginalized people can make the space feel more welcoming. This sounds like a great uh, place for people to listen and and be educated. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, thanks for for coming out, PJ. I feel like there's so much uh, uh, more to talk about. So we'll definitely uh, be listening and I'm going to be checking out more Elf and an Orc had a little baby. Just gonna or keep making baby, characters. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It could be any. <laughs> could be any kind of baby. What's yeah, the best and, place for people to uh, find out about all of these amazing projects you're working on? Okay, so run down the list. All right, um, all of my <laughs> links are very much in my link tree. Um, but I am VJH Creations everywhere: Twitter, TikTok, Twitch. Um, I'm VJH underscore Creations on uh, uh, Coffee, Kofi. If you want to give anything, PayPal, same thing. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Tumblr. There are there is nothing on either of those yet. So, but if you want to go and follow it for when there Early is things, Early adopter. Yeah, you can go ahead and join that. Um, for Instagram, it's vjh underscore creations. Like if it's not vjh creations, there's an underscore between the <laughs> h and the creations. Um, and Tumblr, it's vjh creations. 
Um, you can also find me. Let's see, where else can you find me? Oh, right. <laughs> um, uh, it's VJ Talks, which you can find on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Podbean, my website. If you just go to VJ's Creations, there's a podcast like link in there. Um, there's also a uh, the, like the feed link. If you just go to Linktree, it'll tell you where that is. And finally, if y'all just think I'm and I'd be an absolute amazing role player to listen to, you're a hundred percent correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that. <laughs> you can find me every other Wednesdays over on the Starlight Tales channel, where I am playing a lovely, amazing um, celestial warlock named Corin. Very good-looking guy. I was told that I kind of look like Lou um, from uh, Dimension Twenty. Oh, nice. Um, so my guy's really cute. And, uh, right now that's every other Wednesdays next week, 2 PM, uh, 2 30 EST. And then on Saturdays, puppy, we saw a snout. We Sorry, saw, we saw, I saw an animal in the background. <laughs> Wait a second. Um, and then on pretty much almost every Saturday at like 1230, one o'clock, over on the Total Party Kiss Network on Twitch, where we are playing our 5e horror campaign, mm-hmm. where I am playing my half-orc, half-tiefling Tazriel, which was, who was made using an elfin Norcai little baby. Of course. Yep, cute little guy. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much... Oh, and I am VJH Creations over on Start Playing That Games, <laughs> if anybody wants to join the two open games right now. Yeah. Sweet. That is a bunch. That is a bunch, but the, the website tree. is great, too, because yeah. you get to preview a lot of the work that yeah. you have done. And oh, see your portfolio. So yeah. Last thing, I'm so sorry. Um, anybody checking out Nelfenor High Little Babies Volume One through Three? We do also like offer like a 50 page preview for each of those as well. If you just go on it and click on it, like you can see first 50 pages of things, and it's like actual uh, uh, parentage and upbringing stuff. So you kind of know what you're getting into when you mm-hmm. get into it. You will get sucked in and mm-hmm. and inspired. It's very mm-hmm. cool. Yay! Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much, VJ. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you got to go take your puppy for a walk. I know. Yep. <laughs> Outside. Yep. Yep. I had, his tail. I had to kick mine out. He was being very annoying. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, such a great time talking to you. We'll talk more. Yeah, Thank course. you. Thanks for having me. Y'all have a good one. That was fun. That was really fun. I feel like, uh, I mean, I say this after every interview, but I feel like I want to know and learn more. Like, there's so, like, an hour, as, as he was saying in the uh, uh, the conversations that he's having, is like, yeah, sometimes they last uh, a little bit, and sometimes they can last for three or four hours. I feel like we could have kept going. We could have kept going. Yeah. Keep it the dream alive. If it wasn't for the dogs needing to pee. <laughs> dogs. <laughs> So mad at my dog. Animals. Yeah. So crazy. All right. Yeah. Well, that was exciting. Check out everything that VJ Harris is doing because it is, uh, I don't know, inspiring. Super cool. Yeah, definitely. If you want to follow along with everything that's going on in the world of Dungeons & Dragons, including the upcoming Dungeons & Dragons movie that is going to be releasing this month. I can't believe we can start saying that now. It is this month. People yes. will be able to see the wonders on the big screen. The Forgotten Realms, Come to Life, Waterdeep. Uh, Owl Bears. Gelatinous Cubes. Displacer Beasts. Red Dragons. Black Dragons. Chunky, chunky, chunky dragon. Yes, that's red wizards of fey. Like every everything you could possibly spells. imagine. Like actually seeing spells. What spells look like? Green flame sword. I think is in there too. Like a uh, uh, green flame blade. Eric. 
Okra. Eric Okra. I know uh, that whole scene in the beginning with Eric Okra. Oh my Okra, god! Oh my god! Did not Is know it? where it was going, and I love that I that I that I know now. And all y'all uh, who are going to be able to watch it are going to be extremely like just laughing along. Um, I don't think we've actually said this on Dragon Talk, but we we've seen the movie. We have seen the movie. It's true. It's very good. And I saw the entire movie with a big smile plastered on my face. I was so delighted. You guys aren't going to believe me because you're going to be like, you work for wizards and you have to say that. But no, we would just wouldn't talk about it. It's really good. <laughs> it is good. It, for those of you who love D&D and play D&D, you are going to be like, okay, yep, captured what I feel and love about D&D. This actually felt like it was made by fans of the game. It just, I, I feel like the actors were having fun. It was very representational of what it feels like to be part of an adventuring party. There's several scenes I won't spoil, but I'm like, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, for those people who don't, like bring your non-D&D playing friends to this movie too, because it's still a really entertaining, funny adventure movie. It is, and then, indeed. And then they're going to want to play. So and it's funny, ready. too. Like, I think it, what it really captured for me was the jokiness around the table sometimes, where it's just about making each other laugh and having a good time. doesn't yes. take itself too seriously, although it's very no. grounded and real, the story. Like, there's emotional, you know, punch. Oh, uh, yeah, I wasn't for, actually expecting that part. <laughs> yeah, for, like, each character. There's, like, these cra- this, uh, amazing scenes where you're like, oh, God, I'm crying. But also, yeah. I'm crying from laughing as well, because there's uh, a lot of same jokes that we have made around the table. Yes, it was good. It was so I'm t- telling you guys, be optimistic and be excited and go see this movie. Yeah. You're going to love it and have your dice ready because you're going to want to play D&D after. It's true. You are. I love it. Yeah. So you can find out everything about that uh, at D&D Movie. I believe that is the the social handle for that. Um, but we're reposting a lot of it on Wizards underscore D&D on Twitter and, of course, D&D Beyond. And all of our channels will be talking more about that as March uh, 31st arrives the premiere date can't wait follow me I am at Greg Tito on Twitter uh, and Mastodon and co-host and Hive I'm at Greg underscore Tito on Instagram and uh, I think you Shelly Moo yeah that's right Shelly Moo um, on Twitter and Instagram and you can visit my website I mean I am trying to be better about actually updating it but like Whatever. That's tough. Um, com. But if you, there's, I, I made a list of like, here's like the highlights post. So just go there and, and read those ones about the time that my son tried to stick a, a coin in his butt. Um, and oh, then chase that. Yeah. And then chase me around a hotel room with it. So that one's fun. <laughs> That's the kind of content you can expect at ShellyMazanoble.com. <laughs> and uh, in the Dungeons and Dragons movie, Honor Among Thieves. <laughs> gotta hide that gold piece it's my ass pennies (laughs) (laughs) ass pennies Uh, on that note I think we should uh, see what's going on with Drunky Two Shoes one of the most grounded and serious characters that's ever been portrayed with a pocket full of ass (laughs) (laughs) you couldn't even get it out so, you are, uh, Shelly, uh, Drunky is at 
the Radiant Citadel. You are gathering a group of adventurers with you. You have so far recruited Jonathan, Altea, Samson has returned, and you are speaking to an old tabaxi woman uh, on the edge of the uh, Radiant Citadel. Looking out uh, behind her small hut is the expanse of the ethereal plane behind her. Uh, but uh, she was um, complaining of uh, some some ailments uh, in her leg, and I think sciatica. You had, you had just called in Jonathan to try to see if he could heal her. Yes. Um, so he says, uh, "Yes. Uh, how can I help?" She's got some hip pain, so I was thinking maybe you could help her. I um, I'm not sure my magic works that way, but I can I can certainly try. Sure. All right. Sure. Yeah. Um, so Jonathan goes up to uh, the the old woman and says, um, "How how can I how can I help you? What is what is what, what? Tell tell me what happens, old grandmother. How are you feeling?" And she says, mm-hmm. "Don't you dare call me that. Mm-hmm. I'm not that old." Grandmother, what are you doing? <laughs> Smack him on the shoulder. Come on, dude. This uh, this pain is is it's I live with it. It's uh, it is part of me. Was it like an, an injury? What happened to you? It had to do with a uh, an injury. Yes, I I was fighting to save my family, and it is a constant reminder of how I failed. Oh no! What what happened? I'd rather not say at this time. I I just I you're all strangers. I don't talk to people very often. This is why yeah. I don't want to. No, no. And she's I get it. starting to shut down. No, no, it's cool. Please, I've told you all I could about the cat lord and and your 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 silly brother. Get out. Wait, do you know about my brother? Like, what What else can you tell me about my brother? He went off, uh, as I said, to uh, try to find more about this, the, the land where our people came from. Don't you want to know? Don't you want to know what happened to our people? There was a time when I did, but now all I want is solitude. Kind lady. I forgot her name. Does she, does she have a name? I'll just call her. You kind don't even lady. remember my name. <laughs> kind, kind lady. Um, look, I think you still have a lot of life in you. And I think that what you need is a second chance at adventure. I think that you and I were put together for a reason. I think the universe brought me to your door. And I think that you should come with me. Just like these people are coming with me. None of us knew each other. And now we're forming an adventuring party. And you should come too. I think you're drunk. Durr. Roll me a, roll me a persuasion check. Is she also a little bit drunk? And would yes. I get advantage? You would. <laughs> you would. I would say yes, because she was you guys were sipping from the from the wineskin. Okay. Uh credit it. What? Really? Yeah. Okay. 25. She, I just want to put that out there because I have a plus five in persuasion. So 25. All right. <laughs> so she said, I think you're drunk. Uh, but as as she's saying that, you see her her eyes have, have welled up in tears. And uh, uh, she kind of rushes it aside. Oh. And then she she kind of turns her back to you and moves to um, a kind of pile of stuff that you kind of just thought was 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 garbage or 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 you know uh, personal items um but she starts throwing that all aside and uh, uh she's kind of you know uh, kind of groaning a little bit with her with her hurt leg but she 
opens up a uh, a box, a uh, long wooden box, and she pulls out a sword. And she says, you are right. <laughs> it is time. It is time. Heal me, I- Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan, heal her. <laughs> so he goes, oh, oh, okay. Uh, and then, yeah, he uh, 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 casts his spell. Um, and um, <laughs> she feels, she feels uh, you know, you almost see her like, Stand up a little bit more straighter than she has before. And she says, let's go. I put my tiny paw out, extended to her, her hand, her paw that doesn't have a sword in it. She takes it. <laughs> and we'll end there as you, <laughs> you feel this powerful bond with this, uh, with this old woman. This is amazing. I didn't know any of these people. You're but bringing them all together. Tag. I love this. Yeah. Samson, Altea, kind lady. Jonathan, we're an adventuring party, you guys. That's what Drunky says. Like, kind of like drunk crying. Oh, man, I've never felt happier. I love you guys. I love you all so much. (laughs) And they all kind of roll their eyes, but uh, they're smiling as well. (laughs) This is the best. Team Tabaxi. Yeah. Thank you. All right. We'll see where you go off to next. Next.